for our moms at least when we ask our moms to teach us the recipe they'll just look at us and they'll be like why would you make it i can just make it and i'm like <laughs> yeah. that's not the point i want right, to right, exactly. make it like do you not want us to know <laughs> yeah it's like a secret a recipe <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> So Justin and Lynn, I appreciate you so much for being here on the episode of Where's Your Next Podcast. And um, again, just thank you all so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for uh, having us. I mean, we haven't really been, uh, I guess, reached out to anybody about being in a podcast. So this is kind of a first time for, I guess, or actually for me, first time, actually for her, she's been reached out to for a podcast before. So it's interesting to be part of this. Yeah. And I'm still learning too. So (laughs) we're all learning. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, you know, long story short, we'll get into more of how your social media accounts, plates of agents have, has kind of come about. But before that, I'm really interested to kind of hear what brought y'all to this. So Lynn, if you don't mind, we'll start with you. Um, I saw you have a background in marketing, social media, even K-pop, if that's still going on and everything too. So <laughs> uh, I love it. I have one of my old coworkers into K-pop and she has like a YouTube video, YouTube channel and everything. But if you kind of want to oh, talk wow. about like your, just your upbringing, Lynn, and um, you know, where you're from and, uh, and then we'll go over to Justin afterwards. Yeah, of course. Hi everyone. My name is Lynn and I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm originally from Vietnam. I grew up listening to K-pop because I was Vietnamese. It was really big over there. And so I grew up dancing and performing at my church. And then it brought me into competing in K-pop competitions around North Carolina. And it just basically um, gave me a chance to experience other cultures that weren't mine. I ended up loving like other different types of cultures, food and trying new things. And so that ended up being, I guess, majority of my life because I love traveling and I love, tra- I love eating. So it definitely ties, and my whole life definitely just ties into plates of Asians itself. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, so you grew up and then as far as uh, you had a marketing social media background, is that kind of what you do now? Just kind of day to day or is that just kind of more of an interest or? Oh yeah, definitely. I graduated um, UNC Greensboro with a marketing uh, degree. And right now I'm doing some freelancing for a couple startups, but I'm still searching for a full-time job in the marketing slash social media world. Gotcha. Well, I mean, today's age, it's, it's great to have that kind of mindset with social media marketing being remote. So that's, a, that's awesome. Um, Justin, going to you now, uh, I saw, I looked at your Instagram. It was sick. All the photography. So clearly you have a passion of photography. Um, kind of go into that and kind of your upbringing as well. And kind of your passions before we get more into plates of Asians. Sure. Uh, so, uh, hi everyone. My name is Justin. Uh, I was born in the Philippines. Uh, most of my family is actually still in the Philippines. Uh, but when my dad immigrated and my mom immigrated, it was around two and a half and we decided, oh, we didn't really decide. So my aunt uh, was married to one guy at a time, and he was an epidemiologist. And he went around the country basically going to different places and working for the CDC. So he worked in Michigan, Korea, LA. And he happened to be in the Triangle area when um, they, were got, they got together and got married. So my dad moved here at the same time. So we were kind of just thinking about like, you know, 
dang, we could have ended up in, you know, LA or Korea or like <laughs> New York. Well, we ended up in, you know, Raleigh, Durham area. But, you know, it's not a bad thing. I'll, you know, this would have never happened if I didn't end up in the Durham area. Uh, but yeah, so that's how my family got here. But then uh, I went to UNCG also. Uh, I studied public health education. So currently right now, I'm a research coordinator at UNC Chapel Hill for a research study over there. Uh, that's getting kind of like started up because of everything that's happening with COVID. It kind of just took a, a seat, a uh, back seat. But I studied community, community health education. Uh, and I did a lot of work with the refugee community in Greensboro and helping with uh, those who are coming into the country, getting their paperwork and a lot of with their, helping with their kids as well when it came to them uh, applying for schools and applying for health. Uh, and then just like, I guess, learning the basics of like what it means to, you know, be an American and like live an American lifestyle coming from a different country, coming from a refugee country. So uh, I do a lot of work in the public health community. Um, and you were saying with the uh, photography, I wouldn't really call it like, a, I guess a hobby. I think, um, honestly, all those pictures up there are from just my iPhone. I don't have like a camera or anything. Uh, I do a lot more editing. I really, I really like editing uh, photos and just like, I can, I, I pride myself in like taking a photo, but then using the editing to make it a lot better than like what, what was taken. So if that makes any sense. So that's what so, where my, I guess my passion for like photography comes from, not really photography, but video editing or editing in general. Yeah. Well that we need to team up because, so I actually do full time. I work, uh, I do, I'm a videographer for myself Okay. and do some photography as well. And I love capturing the, the photos, but sometimes I hate doing the editing. So uh, yeah. I just give stuff to you and let you take over from there. <laughs> be yeah, a yeah I mean, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's another good thing too. And I think it's really important that you brought up the fact that, you know, we're kind of going off topic here on my end, my fault. But um, with photography and stuff, people think that you need to have the top of the line camera. And it's all about having the eye for it, right? Like you can shoot stuff right. on an iPhone just as good as you can if you bought a $6,000 Canon camera, you had zero eye for it. Like it takes, it takes a skill and an eye set to do that. And some people just have it. And from what I saw, I mean, it was very impressive, very impressive. So you just get yourself that. a nice, nice camera and you'll have everything set and you can just yeah. do that full time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, it was really good stuff though. Uh, so I guess I assume, did y'all meet at UNCG or... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we met at UNCG. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. And then, and then you said, Lynn, that your the your family's in Greensboro, still, yes. or that's right. That means okay. So, uh, did this kind of collab start sort of in college with appreciations of food? Like, did y'all ever go to dinner or lunch together in UNCG, or did it kind of start after that? Um, it definitely started when I was still in college, and then I think Kimbo was like a fresh graduate. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. We actually went out to eat with my friend, my um, longtime friend who is currently at uh, UNC Chapel Hill. And we were eating and we were just, we realized that we went out to eat a lot. Like we are definitely um, dine-in people. We, I definitely don't cook at home a lot. Well, I recently do now because I moved out on my own. But so we realized since we've seen like a bunch of food blogs in bigger states like New York, LA, San Francisco. And we realized that uh, North Carolina had a lot of food and a lot of like cuisines to offer. And we really wanted to showcase that to other people. And so we just started taking pictures of our food and that's how Plates of Asians got started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
That's awesome. I saw October 6, 2018. I saw it was the first post. I scrolled all the way back to the very beginning <laughs> when I started. Nice. I was curious. And, um, and part of that was also like, I feel how important is it to have an appeasing looking grid for Instagram? And then we'll go to TikTok afterwards. But I mean, how important is it for y'all to have, it's almost like a thumbnail for a YouTube video. Like how important is it as you scroll through a page to see eye popping things? Is that something that you definitely consider hardly when you're doing things definitely, definitely. yeah yes. i think it's like whenever uh like because instagram is kind of just like you have a moment to capture someone's attention because the attention span in instagram is like maybe half a second a second at most before someone will just use their finger to scroll so you kind of want them to kind of either scroll and then maybe even scroll back and be like whoa what was that you know um and then especially you know tag the places as well because a lot of people even if you have a good picture i think a lot of the people look at the tags as well to make sure that um the food that you're uh i guess marketing is in the area and is accessible and just uh i think other people who have liked it as well it's like you have mutuals who also follow us too they look at that thing mm -hmm. yeah i think um aesthetics is a really big thing on instagram so i feel like the very right now instagram has a very people are really into the dreamy aesthetics and so for food for the food industry, usually you love you would want a very eye-catching page where it's like full of bright colors of all like the ingredients and the textures. And I think for us, we definitely try to go for a more darker muted tone to that. Just so if someone were to click on our um, actual profile, they won't be so overwhelmed with color. Um, and as you can see from Justin's personal Instagram, he likes the color beige a lot. So that comes up on our, uh, on our page a lot because of his editing. Good. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I thought anytime you build up a brand, it's all about the first instance look, especially in today's age. Like you, if you don't grab someone in the first second, like you said, they're scrolling down to the next hundreds of people that they follow. So that's so important. Um, so mm -hmm. when y'all first set off doing this, did you have a plan of only kind of focusing primarily on Asian dishes or did you always see it as like wide open for all sorts of restaurants and types of food and everything? I think, was it always, mo well, I think our plan was Asian dishes, correct? Or was um, it not? No, it definitely wasn't. I think it, we didn't have an actual plan. It was plates of Asians because we were the Asians mm -hmm. and we were showcasing, showcasing our plates. But no, we definitely eat a really wide variety of food. So um, Taco Tuesdays are like one of our favorite things. So we definitely didn't plan it to be just Asian food. Yeah, it just so happened. I guess a lot of the cuisines that we do eat just happen to be Asian as well. So like uh, in terms of like Thai food or um, there's a lot of Vietnamese food in Greensboro when we were both there, like the Greensboro community, or I guess that area is known for a lot of really good Vietnamese traditional cuisine. Uh, and the triangle here, there's a lot, it's a lot more diverse, I guess. You get uh, sushi options here. There's a hot pot. Uh, there's Korean options um, and also Thai as well. So I think the triangle with us being both here now, we kind of get a good, I guess, amount of like different Asian foods that we can try in the area. But like Lynn said, there's also other options for other foods, but we primarily just happen to be picking Asian sometimes or majority of the time. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, did y'all kind of grow up eating primarily uh, like Filipino dishes and Vietnamese dishes or did you grow up? Because I guess both of y'all moved here at a young age. Did y'all like were all able to experience multiple different types of dishes or focus primarily on your uh, 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay, so no one's gonna see this because it's audio, but I feel like Justin just banged his knee or something on that or something. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I say it only because you you hid the scream so well. And I'm sorry. And maybe, I'll, maybe I'll cut this part out. Maybe not. But that was great. <laughs> oh god. Oh my gosh. But uh, so going back to the question, did y'all kind of grow up primarily eating um, Vietnamese and Filipino food, or did you kind of grow up having a widespread of things? Yeah. Um, so for me, I um, well, I guess for both of us, kind of, um, are you first generation or? Yeah, I'm first generation. Yeah. But yeah. So we're both first gen generation. And I guess for me growing up as a child, I would definitely have a lot more Vietnamese food because my parents to this day still don't speak English. And so they definitely cook at home a lot. Um, but I guess as I started growing up and because I could speak English, I like, I kind of shunned Vietnamese food because I had it so much. And I would definitely reach out for more like fast food options or like, American food options. Um, but then as I grew older, I grew to appreciate my food even more. And so now I definitely eat more Vietnamese food than I did when I was like a teenager. Yeah, I can I can definitely relate to that. Um, but then like adding to, I guess, my personal experience, uh, a lot of the time my mom cooked a lot of the Filipino foods that uh, I, that I ate uh, growing up and then that, that I really like now. But then with my dad, my dad really didn't do any of the Filipino cooking. He did a lot of the American cooking. Like growing up, he would make steak or salmon or barbecue, pulled pork, um, just traditional, I guess, American dishes, things that you would find here that people eat every day. Uh, so I think growing up, I kind of got a good gist of like both cultures of like what it meant to like eat American food. And then also just like from my mom, she knew all the Filipino recipes and uh, she still knows them now and she still cooks them now. So it, it was a little bit of a mix for me, but definitely uh, in terms of like appreciation of the Filipino culture, I know I kind of shunned it too when I was growing up because I had it so much, you know, I didn't really experience it as uh, with other people because I really didn't grow up with other Filipino people. So it's kind of just me and not really anyone else I could like, you know, talk about it. But like the more I grew up, the more, I guess, Filipino people I met. And then like the more I thought about it, you know, I started appreciating the food a lot more. Awesome. Do y'all have any uh, personal interest in kind of learning these recipes from your family? I know, Lynn, you said you don't cook as much now that you're out of the house, but do y'all have any interest in wanting to like pass down these recipes, you know, down generations? I mean, for sure. Um, I just, I, I would make the excuse that I don't have time, but I do because I'm just working from home. So I, <laughs> I think like the, the other excuse is just I'm lazy right now. <laughs> uh, but I'm definitely interested in learning these recipes because I know that um, from my mom's family, like a lot of them all cooked. And then from my dad's family, a lot of them didn't cook. Uh, or like the, I guess, the, I guess uh, his mom cooked. So I want to maybe, you know, switch it up a bit and have me learn the recipes and then, you know, if I need to pass it down to my kids, I'll know what to do in terms of like the Filipino culture and the, and the food that comes with it. Yeah, um, for me, I definitely want to learn all of the recipes. I absolutely love um, Vietnamese food. I actually miss it a lot right now because I'm not able to go back. But um, I recently, so I moved out of my, uh, my house like the beginning of this summer. And so I've learned to cook like a couple dishes, but I think my favorite dish is still banseo, which is um, Vietnamese savory crepes. And it's filled with like pork belly, shrimp, and onions and bean sprouts. 
and then you eat it like wrapped in lettuce and dipped in uh, sweet fish sauce. It's actually Kimbo's favorite Vietnamese dish. Um, oh but yeah, so I definitely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely do intend to learn more recipes. Um, I definitely have to steal my parents' pho recipe because I don't like eating it out in restaurants. So I yeah. need to learn how to make it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I, I think I've, I've ran into that too. It was completely different because I'm from here, but it's hard for me to go anywhere and get um, like pulled pork at a restaurant because when it's, I grew up eating it at home, it's different than paying 20 bucks or something here and same with my wife with her mm -hmm. family right. like like her dad is a great cook and cooks all these great middle eastern dishes so any kind of mediterranean restaurant she's like i don't i don't want to go there like it's it's hard to <laughs> compare it to your home you know it's different so exactly I, yeah. I, I, I definitely get that definitely and also it's hard also when you're trying to pass down recipes from generations because i know personally for you know my wife Zaina, her dad um bashar when he tries to learn recipes from his mom, a lot of it taught that there's no recipe. It's just, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mm -hmm. handful of yeah. that, you know, like this much of this. And just, you just, yeah. there's, it's kind of hard to pass it down. So you need someone to somehow record it, like a index finger pinch of so-and-so. So it's, it's hard. I get that. But I think it's important. Yeah. I know that my wife wants to learn the recipes as well, because I feel like it's so important to, to keep passing those down and keep tradition going. So um, going yeah, to, um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say, I know definitely if you're going to, for our moms, at least, when we ask our moms to teach us the recipe, they'll just look at us and they'll be like, why would you make it? I can just make it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that's not the point. I want right, to right, exactly. make it. Like, do you not want us to know? <laughs> yeah. It's you like a secret it recipe. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> And that might honestly be it. So, I mean, this will be recorded at, this will be posted after my wife's birthday, but her, my father-in-law went down to see them because they live in South Carolina, my wife's grandparents. Mm -hmm. And so she heard that, you know, my wife's birthday is this weekend. So she made so much food for her. Just oh, thinking man. that like, well, like I'll do it for you. Like, I'm not going to tell you how, like, I'll just make it for you. So there's just, <laughs> I, I, I forgot the exact Arabic, but she got, you know, grape leaves, there's sambusik, which is like meat pies kind of thing. And just, just, there's just so much food. So we're probably going to have the birthday celebration tomorrow night and it's going to be a crate full of just food, but same thing. We're like, she just would rather make it instead of <laughs> telling you. So <laughs> right. you almost have to, you know, pin them down to, to get the recipe. So. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, going, so this kind of transition back to plates of Asians. Uh, I know you have Instagram has around 2000 followers, TikTok 13,000. Uh, I, I would say to assume Instagram started before your TikTok page, right? Or was it? Yes. Yes. So what kind of happened to all of a sudden, obviously grew exponentially past your Instagram with TikTok? Like, how did that come about? Um, well, we're not really sure, to be honest. It's more just we kind of followed the trend because a lot of um, we saw a lot of reviews that were on TikTok when it became when it came to uh, food, uh, just from other states or even in North Carolina. Uh, there was there's a one primarily in Charlotte. Uh, and then there's like a couple more also in that area. But then there wasn't really any in the triangle. So we kind of thought about, you know, we have some time to to uh, explore new maybe avenues when it came to our uh, food Instagram. So we thought, why not TikTok? So we posted a couple uh, TikToks about uh, places that we've already posted on our Instagram. And we posted it on our TikTok because we had videos because we went to those places recently. 
And the first couple videos got maybe like, what, 20,000 views, I think? Like 15, 20,000 views. We're like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So we started posting some more and they got, um, eventually got to that amount or even like, like went above it. Like we had a uh, bubble tea place called Bumble Tea in the area. And that kind of blew us up a lot because that got around 250,000 or it might be at 300,000 views now. But like the owner even reached out to us uh, and asked us, you know, if you want to do more marketing for us, um, you know, if we're interested in doing that, that kind of thing, let us know. And from there, it's kind of just like exploded when it came to TikTok. Wow. Yeah. Um, so for me, because I have a social media background, everything goes through KPI for me. Um, so key performance indicators. And so for me, I think because our TikTok shot up so fast is because the way TikTok is set up, you can easily gain followers, but that's only, because a lot of people will follow you on TikTok, but there's no guarantee that people will see your stuff. Because um, I don't know if you use TikTok a lot, but they have a for you page and then they have a following page. And mm -hmm. like all of your followers can follow you, but no one is ever on their following page. So there's no guarantee way that you can see our TikToks all the time. So I guess it was most definitely the algorithm helping us out because um, if you follow someone, you're more likely to see them on your For You page, but it is not guaranteed. So I guess for us, uh, hashtagging really helped as well as picking popular songs or sounds on TikTok is so important because whatever's trending is going to be whatever pops up most. Uh, and then the reason we made our TikTok actually was to help grow followers for our Instagram. And it definitely did because we reached 2000 uh, quicker than we got to 1000. For sure. Like we were sitting, like we were sitting maybe at like 1100 or 1200 prior to quarantine happening. And then during quarantine, we, uh, it was through TikTok, but then also uh, outreach when it came to other uh, places uh, of like, like restaurants of color, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you saw those posts, but we broadcasted like a restaurants of color, uh, uh, like talking about different restaurants in the area or just that weren't as, um, I, I wouldn't know if the word is, uh, I just weren't as like broadcasted or marketed to the, to the general public as much. And we broadcasted those restaurants in the area and in, in Greensboro, in the Triangle and in Charlotte. And that post like went off. It got like 9,000, 10,000 likes and like a couple hundred comments. And a lot of people followed us there and people wanted us to make a follow-up post. So we did that. And a lot of our followers came from that plus TikTok. So we were doing that at the same time and we gained about a thousand followers in a couple months when it took us maybe a year and a half to get to a thousand in the first yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's how social media works. You can just get one viral hit and blow up like that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting right. though about TikTok because I, I do have a TikTok and I do a lot of stuff. I, I, I follow a lot of stuff, but it, it makes sense. I never really realized the fact that you literally do have a following page, but I never go to my following page. Yeah. Right. For you page. And um, as someone who does like social media, as both of y'all feel like you're feel like y'all are pretty fluent in it. Do you see that being a plus or a minus in the way that TikTok does that? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, and the fact that it's not as consistent as Instagram when it comes to marketing. So like I was saying, a lot of our posts hover around like the 20,000, 30,000 range of like views. But then you have some posts who do really well, um, even if the food, you know, isn't as good as like other places. And then you have some 
places that are kind of just trendy and they look nice and have a nice song because we picked a nice song yeah. <laughs> uh, and they get like a couple hundred thousand views or like 90,000 views. So it's kind of just like, it's really random. Like it's not really based on like the quality of the food or the quality of like the service that you get versus on Instagram where you can write a caption and saying, this was good. This wasn't as good. This is the rating we gave it. And we have extra tags and we have unlimited content to put in the comment. Uh, and then also we know that 2000 people will see our, uh, our Instagram. Uh, because 2,000 people follow us rather than um, 13,000 people on TikTok who do follow us, but then don't ever go on their For You page. So it's kind of just like, it's a mixed bag with TikTok versus Instagram, where it's kind of just, you know, you're going to get this amount of views uh, and likes and maybe extra followers from that. So it's a lot more stable, I'd say. Do you feel like you kind of uh, prioritize one over the other, or do you try to keep it gets balance across Instagram and TikTok um, as far as so posting for us, and everything? Yeah, so for us right now, I feel like Instagram is definitely harder to post. We prioritize our Instagram because that's our main platform, but it's harder to post because we have to actually find the time to sit there and write out like a detailed review and like all the tags and edit the photos and make, um, and, like, make the post and everything. But for TikTok, it's definitely like I can shoot like a very shaky video, but like edit it up real good. And it's just e faster for us to do the voiceovers because we can do the review through that than rather typing it out. So we definitely post more on TikTok, but we prioritize our Instagram, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, a lot of our followers on Instagram aren't actually our followers on TikTok mm -hmm. or like definitely vice versa. Like, I guarantee you, uh, out of 13,000 people who follow our TikTok, I would say maybe a couple hundred follow, or not even a couple hundred, maybe like 100 or 150 of them actually follow our Instagram. So a lot of them, when they're asking about places that, you know, we've actually reviewed, it's just like, hey, have you done this? And it's just like, oh, so you actually haven't seen our Instagram or you haven't seen our TikTok because you haven't seen vice versa. And it's just like linked in our, you know, on our bio. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, you know, but it's just like a lot of the people don't really keep up with one in, one social media uh, place than the other. So it's kind of just we try to get both bases covered for that for that type mm -hmm. of person, which happens to be the majority of our population. Yeah, so is there kind of a reason, and um, I guess I didn't scroll back far enough, but would you say Instagram is primarily photos, TikTok, obviously videos, yeah. but do you ever seem to want to post videos on Instagram, or do you just see it working better with photos on Instagram and then just doing stick and TikTok for videos? Um, so we definitely want to take our TikToks and post it onto the Instagram Reels because we know that is also being used a lot now because Instagram keeps pushing it onto us. Yeah. Um, yeah, the new update, not my favorite, but uh, so we definitely, and we also, with all the rumors of TikTok being banned or getting taken off of the app store, it's just TikTok is very unstable right now. So we definitely want to transfer all of our videos onto Instagram in case TikTok does actually like get deleted one day. Right. Yeah, yeah we want, we, that's just kind of just getting that population on TikTok to notice our Instagram, yeah. even though we kind of like tag it everywhere and, you know, our our Instagram is linked in our bio. It's kind of just like, hey, you know, TikTok is like, I think in my opinion, TikTok is like super temporary when it comes to just like marketing and like in terms of just like showing off food. Whereas Instagram is really just, it's a stable place if you want to market food and like grow a community or even make opportunities out of it. So like we recognize that. So we're kind of just trying to have that transition going, but like even then still have our TikTok, you know, growing at the same time.
audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost just like a, it's like an additional fire starter having TikTok. I think it's really cool mm-hmm. that right. y'all have that y'all have kind of realized that because I feel I love TikTok, but I'm the same way with you where I don't see it being long term. Um, when I was in college, Vine hit hard. That's when mm-hmm. Vine first came uh-huh. out. Yeah. <laughs> and I had I only had one summer class one summer. So I only had to get up for one day of the week. Other than that, I was on Vine till 4 a.m. just scrolling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, but it's so great. And even, you know, I think you made the right choice with, with focusing primarily on Instagram because you do have that kind of hard sense community that we can build outreaches from, right? And I saw, was mm-hmm. it uh, was it Andy as recently? Y'all kind of built a partnership with them recently, right? In a post. So how did that kind of come about? Yeah. Uh, I think we posted a TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. We posted a TikTok about Andy's and they reached out through Instagram and asked us if they wanted to do, come in and do some marketing for them. Uh, so we came in and tried some of their... Uh, some of their ice cream and then some of their ice cream sandwiches. And we met the owner, Andia, and she was really nice. And she helped us with the giveaway and like um, giving, giving us free ice cream. So that was really good. <laughs> so uh, we ran a giveaway with them and then we gave away, I think five gift cards of $10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that, like, that's what usually has happened when it comes to just, uh, I guess, companies reaching out to us. They kind of like reach out through Instagram DMs and say, hey, are you interested in marketing for us again? Um, yes or no and usually for us it's yes because we're really you know open to that opportunity to, for anyone um, and then we kind of just go into the restaurant again take some more videos and pictures and then we'll post the giveaway and it's really straightforward at that point that's awesome so what kind of goes into y'all's uh, rating system like do y'all kind of brainstorm and give it uh, you know there's lots of places that do different types of rating one out of a hundred uh, like I don't know if y'all ever see like, the Barstool Sports, the president, he does like a decimal system. He does 7.2, yeah. 8.4, <laughs> stuff like that. So what kind of goes into your rating system as far as uh, combining the looks, the tastes, the texture, everything as a whole? Yeah. Um, so our rating system is in uh, 0.5 decimal increments from 1 to 10. And so we definitely, like, we take in everything, like the menu, the service, Parking is a really big thing for us, especially if um, a restaurant is downtown and I have to pay to eat at your restaurant. It kind of sucks, but I mean, I'll do it anyways. But And I can't parallel park, so it's definitely really sad. Um, but yeah, parking, the food, of course, um, prices also is a big thing because we're like freshly graduated college students with debt. So we like try to keep that in mind. Unless it's like we purposely go into a high scale place, then we'll like know. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Is that kind of the same for you, Justin, as well? Or? Yeah, I think we generally have uh, the same guideline when it comes to rating. And I think for places that we do eat together, we kind of just ask each other, you know, how was the food? What would you rate it? And then I think for um, the pl- places we can't eat together, I think uh, we trust one another enough that we know that we're giving like a correct rating when it comes to the food, a non-biased rating. I think one thing in particular that we both look at is uh, she's Vietnamese and I'm Filipino. When it comes to traditional, like Vietnamese and traditional Filipino food, we kind of have a different, I guess, perspective because a lot of um, growing up with that food, you know what you're, what it's supposed to taste like. So, or like, I guess, quote unquote, supposed to taste like, yeah. but you have your biases when it comes to that because you've been eating that for years. Uh, so if you go come into a restaurant and then they have like some sort of like new thing when it comes to like a, an old traditional food, like maybe new pho or new um, banh mi, which is like Phil- or, uh, 
bread or like sandwiches, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vietnamese sandwiches or like um, Filipino noodles is called pancit. Uh, and they, they claim it as new and then they try and add something in it. And sometimes a lot of people who haven't had like the traditional menu or the traditional food kind of think it's good. But then for someone who's, you know, ate the traditional their entire life, it's kind of just like, this wasn't really good. It was kind of just, they did their own take, but it kind of like, you know, it was too much or it was too salty. It didn't taste like original. So it's like kind of 50-50 when it comes to like food like that, especially coming from our cultures. We usually ask the people we eat out with also for their opinions and then we average our scores. Yeah. So a lot of people were one, on our TikTok, a lot of people were wondering why our past videos have been a lot of eights and 8.5s, but it's kind of hard because it's like if you, if you rate something like a nine and I rate something like a seven, it's definitely going to turn into an eight. Mm-hmm. So, um, and a lot of the foods that are outside of our mid-range system are not dine-in right now. So we want to wait to like do videos for those. Mm-hmm. Going back to, you know, doing a new age and an old dish. Don't get my wife started on chocolate hummus. Like it cringes her <laughs> chocolate hummus being <laughs> advertised anywhere just because it's like, you know, it's the same thing where it's just like my person, I like to try it. I would never buy it. If someone had it, I would try it. But I'm sure that's kind of how you are too. But it's sometimes it's kind of like, how dare you right, <laughs> almost yeah, change right. something that's... <laughs> right, like and they claim there. it is new. And it's just like, yeah. it's not really new. <laughs> <laughs> you liar. so uh obviously y'all are very you know up to date with all social medias have y'all had any other channels or any things that y'all have kind of looked at to kind of help influence your particular channel i know plates of asians is definitely its own entity anything that y'all have kind of looked at or try to keep up with for uh influences Mm. Um, um nancy what's her name nancy um, so we definitely, for our Instagram, we definitely look at an Instagrammer called Nancy T. Yeah, her name is like Foodie T, I think. Food, foodie T. Mm-hmm. Foodie T. Um, she's based in the Triangle as well. We really love her posts and her uh, her photography is amazing. So we really like her. And then for TikTok, we really liked NC Eat and Play. Yeah, she food. definitely is very big on the food scene, the North Carolina food scene on TikTok. So we... Uh, Glad, uh they both actually follow us back. So that was a big thing for us. We were like kind of fangirling about it because <laughs> they're, they're really big in the community. And so we only hope to be in their spot one day. Yeah. But as far as like, I guess, influences in general, when we first started, we, I think we wanted to rate because a lot, a lot of food Instagrams did ratings, yeah. right? Or like in general, a lot of food Instagrams kind of just market the food. They don't necessarily like rate the food if it's good or bad or, you know, so-so. So I think that really makes us different than a lot of like food Instagrams you've seen or just food uh, pages in general is that you actually rate the food and people can disagree, agree in the comments, you know, and we're open to that criticism as well if people don't like or like our, you know, ratings. Yeah, I think also the rating is just, as I'm just kind of dissecting it more and like letting it soak in, it's smart because also it gets people to the end of the video to see the rating. You know, that, oh, like mm-hmm. they're at this place I've been to before. L- let me see what they rate it. And I have to wait to the end to see it. So that's mm-hmm. also a very smart tactic to do. And like you said, as long as you're open to criticism, because um, I'm sure you'll probably get some like <laughs> hateful remarks. Not right, hateful, right. Yeah. But <laughs> how dare you rate this place low? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, this wasn't one of the questions, but I'm curious for my um, personal sake, what's the best 
Filipino and also the best Vietnamese inspired restaurant in the Triangle area because I selfishly want to know so I can go there. And that's a big, big, and like I said, all right, I won't say the top. I'll say one of your favorites. So no one listening to this will get mad at you for not saying the other place. Gotcha. So for Filipino food, there really isn't like a restaurant that serves Filipino food in the Triangle. You'd have to find, there's a store actually in Fuquay Verena. It's like a Filipino market. I think that's what it's called, but it's like more so a Filipino market. But then on one side, it's like a Filipino restaurant and they sell traditional Filipino food. So when it comes to like eating traditional Filipino food, that's definitely a place that uh, comes to mind. Like my parents will go there uh, shopping for Filipino food and groceries there. And um, they'll bring back fish or pancit, uh, like the Filipino noodles or uh, Filipino adobo. Um, and then they'll come back and serve it at home for like dinner or lunch and we'll have like leftovers. So that's definitely a spot to get traditional Filipino food. Outside of that, I really don't know any others. Yeah, that's funny that you say that. And before you learn, I don't want to interrupt you before you get started. That's funny. A guy, one of my old coworkers, he's Filipino and he lives off of Leesville Road, which is in like Northwest Raleigh. And he would travel mm-hmm. all the way down to that place. And it's almost actually in Anger, which is south of Fuquay. So it's actually, uh, it's like around the border. But it's crazy. Right. I didn't realize that there are there. There's kind of a lacking of you know supermarkets for Filipino food. And yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if you have any reason why, but it's uh unfortunate because I grew yeah, up I having it like, across the street. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> that, like Filipino food, I guess uh, versus another like Asian ethnicity is not as trendy right now. Uh, I think a lot of food, like when it comes to Asian food, comes in trends. So like I think what's big now Korean. is Korean food Korean. when it comes to just Korean fried chicken or just Korean, uh, like food barbecue. yeah, Korean barbecue. So a lot of it uh, depends on trends. But I know I have friends in D.C. and New York and L.A. and like Seattle, Washington area, and Filipino food is huge there. Like they have different cuisines and fusions. So I guess it's slowly coming here. I know. Um, uh, it should be coming here very soon, but like when it comes to like Filipino food and trending, so. I'm surprised. There's a lot of Filipino people in the triangle. Right. Just open up a restaurant. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah open one up yourself. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Lynn, what about you as far as one of your favorite Vietnamese places or, you know, markets or? Yeah, um, so you asked for uh Vietnamese places in the triangle and I have not been here long so I don't really even know I have not eaten at a Vietnamese restaurant in the triangle yet um because I usually my mom usually just cooks it and brings it up to my apartment but um do you have any that you like I have some recommendations in Greensboro for you yeah I actually have plenty of friends in Greensboro that I can bomb a place to stay mm. for the night and go there for a while I mean, it's not far. <laughs> it can be a day trip it's not a big deal but <laughs> Yeah. yeah um, what's the so place in Greensboro the, or, or North Carolina? You can even say North Carolina. Okay, cool. So um, the Greensboro Vietnamese community is definitely a really big one. Uh, my favorite spot or our favorite spot is definitely Bang Lai um, too. Well, I call it just Bang Lai, but apparently it's the second one. Um, and it's V-A-N-L-O-I if you ever want to Google it. They definitely serve pretty authentic Vietnamese food. Um, it's definitely not homemade, but it's pretty good. Uh, we definitely love their uh, grilled pork chop rice plate. That's yes. definitely a good one. And the vermicelli bowl with like egg roll and the shrimp and the sliced pork is also really good. Um, and as for uh, supermarkets, there's 
like right next to it is like a Vietnamese supermarket called Nam Phuong, and they have a lot of traditional like Vietnamese fruits and it's usually like really fresh like I know Rambutan is getting really big in America because I see it at like Whole Foods and Publix so they actually have them in like boxes really fresh and that's where my mom gets them so I definitely recommend both of those places and then for Charlotte there's a spot called Pha Hoa and it's like the word pho and then h-o-a and they have really good Vietnamese food it's usually packed every time I go so <laughs> definitely worth the trip awesome and Justin I feel bad because I I, I cornered you to only doing Raleigh but I'll let you pick North Carolina uh-huh. as well what's some of your favorite North Filipino inspired North Carolina restaurants or markets so I haven't really, so the thing is, I really haven't had Filipino food when I was in Greensboro, when I was at uh, UNC Greensboro. I just, I've heard of a place in Winston-Salem, which is around 30 minutes away from Greensboro. Um, and they serve, it's kind of similar to the Bitter Melon place where it's kind of like a Filipino store, Filipino grocery on, on one side. And then the other side is just the Filipino restaurant serving traditional Filipino dishes. More of the ones I'm talking, uh, more of the ones in, at Bitter Melon. So I think that's the trend when it comes to Filipino food in the triangle so far. It's like make a half market and then make the other half a restaurant and then wish yeah. for the best and hope Filipino people hear about it. Cause I really haven't heard of any other places. Oh, well there's actually, there's one in um, Charlotte. It wasn't Filipino at first, but now it is called Binky Cafe. Oh, Binky Cafe. So it's like a boba spot, but I think they recently changed owners and it became uh, a Filipino owner. So they started adding Filipino items to the menu. And a lot of our friends have said that uh, the trend, the transition between owners has made the food a lot better and tastes better uh, when it comes to Filipino food and they have boba, but I don't think either of us have tried it yet as like the new place with the new owner. Yeah. It's definitely one of our spots, but you know how Charlotte's a little too far right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It can be a day trip, but it's kind of a, it's a, it's a long day trip. If you, (laughs) that's funny, you know, it's, uh, you talked about half starting off as a grocery store. Um, you know, Neomon and Raleigh started off just as a grocery store. So I've only known it as a restaurant, but uh, my wife and, and, and her parent and her parents, uh, they used to go there when it was just a grocery store back in the day. It was only one of the only Mediterranean restaurant or grocery stores. And now it's obviously blown up into what it is now. So hopefully that can happen. But mm-hmm. it's interesting to talk about the trends of that because it does make sense that you do see these trends and these waves of different types of food, you know, and genres coming in. So that definitely makes sense. Um, so do y'all kind of map out areas? All right, we're going to try like these five places for the next month. Like, do y'all kind of have any sort of system as far as your scheduling for places to go? Or is it more of kind of like on the whim? Like, hey, let's try this place this weekend. Um, we usually try to do like try, we try, since we live close now, we definitely try to uh, go visit a place at least once a week. And then we'll usually do like a dessert spot and then a restaurant uh, and we knock out two in a day, but it's definitely the choice we make is definitely on the whim. Yeah. It's like whatever we're feeling that yeah. day. <laughs> good, that's good. Yeah, I definitely make, especially when you're doing food reviews, you don't want to be more of a, you don't want to make it a schedule like a checklist because then you yeah. just you don't right. fully enjoy it. And I'll, what I like about your rating is that it's not just about the food; it's about the atmosphere and getting there. So that kind of you don't want that to be a schedule thing. So it's like, I have to be here at 10 a.m. or 12 p.m. If you mm-hmm. don't get there at 12 p.m., it could affect the rating and, you mm-hmm. know, everything just goes down after that. So you don't want that to happen. Right. <laughs> um, kind of one of the last questions I wanted to kind of end on was, this is kind of a very broad question, but what y'all both had, you're both 
seem to be really successful and very talented and stuff outside of plates of Asians. So they have other aspirations as well, but specifically what is your goal for plates of Asians moving forward? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, let's see. And I understand it's hard to ask that question, like a five-year plan, 10-year plan. Right, so no, you no. can even say, like, what are some things you'd like to see happen with Plates of Asians moving forward? I think definitely um, during the past, like, six months when it comes to quarantine, since we've grown a lot more, we'd like to do a lot more marketing when it comes to, like, local restaurants who are interested in doing that. So, for instance, Andy's is interested we have a place actually tomorrow that we're going to go to um, who asked to market us. So you'll see that soon. Um, and we've had a couple other restaurants in like the Greensboro area also um, who's uh, reached out to us before. But I think when it comes to like just marketing in general uh, for those restaurants and seeing if that could you know, possibly lead into us uh, potentially marketing for a restaurant solely, like when it comes to just um, their food and um, their Instagram, their social media, like for me, I don't have a marketing degree and I don't have like a like a PR degree at all it's my, my degrees in public health so this stuff came kind of really fast to me um, even though it's been like two years since we've had the Instagram so I'm really just kind of learning on the fly of how to do things like this uh, when it comes to reaching out and um, showcasing food and marketing to um, communities and uh, restaurants and businesses around the area so I think like for a long-term goal definitely uh, continue marketing the restaurants in the triangle um, in particular I guess a lot of the Asian restaurants because a lot of the uh, people who have reached out to us recently or before were Asian restaurants but now it's kind of diversifying now the more that we've been recognizing the community um, so definitely that yeah um, I guess to add on to what Justin just said I definitely want to I want to eventually be freelancing and helping small business restaurants um, I guess get more recognized because especially for mom and pop restaurants, they definitely are older generation and don't know how to effectively market in this type of generation where everyone's just looking on their phones. And so I definitely want to be able to help them out with that. And um, even if they pay us or not for me, because I am, um, my career is marketing, anything is a resume booster. So it definitely helps. Uh, but yeah, we definitely just want to be able to get some restaurants, especially in this economy, like just to give them some help and make more, I guess, networking and connections in the area. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Full bar. I just, <laughs> I love that y'all have a plan set in mind. You have exactly what you want to do. And the good thing is that you both have, you know, jobs outside of this that kind of help fill, you know, help kind of boost up this place of Asians thing. And, I'm excited to see y'all. I mean, I think I think this hasn't even began to rise with what y'all can do with this plates of Asians, and as long as TikTok is is allowed in the states, we'll, we'll, <laughs> right. we'll keep uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll keep looking at that. But it's nice to see the Instagram. The, the there's still a hard drive in there because y'all could have easily said we're done with Instagram. We have thirteen thousand followers. We're moving to TikTok. But y'all definitely see the trends of what's going, what's coming, and Instagram is obviously here to stay forever as what it seems like <laughs> so um i think i think it's only the beginning of plates of asians and i really look forward to doing that and look forward to one day being a part of having a meal with y'all and die and just listening to y'all diagnose the the meal and <laughs> i have a truck so i hate parking downtown too so i, I, will, uh -huh. I will park i will park farther away to be in a parking lot 
and, and walk uh-huh. parking by the place. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin and Lynn, I, I, I definitely loved having y'all on. I can't wait to, you know, meet y'all in person and go somewhere with y'all. But um, again, hope y'all have a great night. Uh, enjoy some boba coming forward. And hopefully we see uh, some more Filipino restaurants coming in the area shortly. Yeah, for sure. Thank you uh, for having us. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear, I guess, like, I don't know if you have like future guests involved, but like maybe it comes in a time or if you want to update us or like do like an update podcast, we'd definitely be interested in, I guess, coming again and, you know, seeing like how far we've come from like, you know, this, this point. Yes. On this date in September, we're going to see yeah. y'all have three, 3. 3.6 million followers a year from now. You know? <laughs> Maybe on TikTok, Instagram will be like 50,000. That's still good. You know, it's, it's all about the ratio and right. everything. So, mm-hmm. well, hey, good luck to y'all. Y'all are, I wish nothing but the best for y'all. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Y'all have a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye.